This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. My name is Grażyna Jazienska, and today I'm going to talk about physical activity and women's health, mostly about women's reproductive health. We know that physical activity is beneficial for human health. That's very well established. But in case of women, it's not that simple. So for women's physiology and health, uh, physical activity does not have this very simple effect. And we are going to talk about it today. Uh, so there are many effects uh, that physical activity in general has on physiology. So in women, uh, physical activity has impact on reproductive physiology. And through this reproductive physiology impacts other aspects of health. So if we talk about reproductive physiology, uh, today we are going to talk about women who are in uh, reproductive age meaning women who have menstrual cycles. So in terms of menstrual cycle, you see the, the whole physiology of the cycle and you need to don't, uh, you, you don't need to understand all this physiology. Just looking at the very lowest panel, you see levels of two hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Those two hormones are crucial for uh, getting pregnant, but they are also important for other aspects of physiology and other aspects of health. So when we talk about those cycles, when we talk about ovarian function, and uh, if we concentrate on women who are healthy, who are in a similar age range, who have regular cycles, Many people assume that in such defined group of women, ovarian function doesn't differ much from person to person. And this is not entirely true. Uh, I ask different questions here. I, in fact, ask question here, do women differ when it comes to levels of reproductive hormones? And if they differ, why do they differ? We see uh, immediately looking here that there are differences uh, between women. Here, in fact, we are looking at progesterone level. So the hormone that that's one of those hormones producing menstrual cycles. And uh, we are looking at average progesterone levels in five different populations. And we see that uh, women from the U.S. have higher level than women from Poland, and in turn, women in Poland higher levels than women from Nepal or Bolivia. So there is clearly variation in levels of progesterone among women from different populations. So here we are looking at menstrual profiles, progesterone profiles from four women from the same populations, and each color is represents progesterone levels for a different woman. So we see that um, the, the red color is uh, for somebody who has very low levels of progesterone, blue color for someone with quite high levels, and two other profiles are in the middle. So we see that there are differences among women who are healthy and who have normal, regular menstrual cycles. When it comes to ovarian function, we know that ovarian function is important for fertility. 
But that's not the only function of reproductive physiology. So ovarian function is also very important for other, other aspects of health. And then in turn, we could ask what influences ovarian function? What influences levels of hormones in women? And we know that uh, very important are things that are occurring during adult life. But that's not the only uh, uh, reason for differences in ovarian function among women. So uh, ovarian function is also influenced by childhood environment and even by fetal environment. So it's important in what conditions uh, women were developing uh, during fetal life for their ovarian function when they are adults. All those factors that are important determinants of levels of hormones, important determinants of ovarian function, are factors that are somehow connected to energy. So it's how much energy, metabolic energy, a woman has uh, determines levels of uh, ovarian function. And energy by itself, of course, it's influenced by physical activity. So let's look at adult environment first and uh, look how adult environment influences ovarian function in women. So we know that exercise, physical activity, reduces levels of ovarian hormones. And doesn't matter if uh, we are talking about professional sport, uh, recreational exercise or physical work, we are observing the same very similar effects. Exercise reduces levels of hormones. Uh, here are um, data that I'm going to show you. They are coming from a small uh, population, small uh, rural population in Poland. Uh, there are several villages uh, located uh, in uh, southern Poland, uh, which are characterized by uh, agricultural lifestyle. And in those villages, women are doing a lot of physical work, especially during the summers, during harvest season. Um, uh, people are not using much of mechanized equipment and it, uh, women are spending many, many hours a day uh, just working uh, uh, physically. And when they do that, uh, we can measure levels of their hormones. We can see what's going on with ovarian function of women who are working. And um, here we are looking at two consecutive summers and we are comparing levels of progesterone of two different groups of women. Uh, the white profile comes from women who are working very hard during the summer and the red profile comes from women who are doing some work, but they are not expending that much energy. And uh, what we are seeing here is that levels of progesterone in both summers, both harvest season, are really suppressed in women who are expending uh, a lot of uh, energy. So we see that physical activity, uh, which is just physical work, uh, reduces levels of progesterone in women. The same effect we see of physical activity on estradiol profiles. 
So here we are uh, looking at uh, estradiol levels during the whole menstrual cycle. And we see that uh, women who uh, are working very hard, this is the red profile, have much lower levels of estradiol than women who are not working that hard. This is a yellow profile. And then women who have moderate physical activity are sort of in the middle. So it is really well established that physical activity in adult reproductive age women reduces levels of ovarian hormones. However, if you ask me how much activity a woman needs in order to reduce ovarian hormones, I'm not going to give you a simple answer because I do not have such an answer. And I will tell you why. Why is not that simple to give recommendations? Uh, in order to understand this, we need to look at the effects of fetal environment on ovarian function. And uh, we, of course, don't know in what conditions someone developed uh, when this person was a baby, but we have some indicators. We have size at birth. And here we are looking at something that's called ponderal index. And ponderal index is an indicator of nutritional status of the baby. It's something like a fatness of the baby. So for our women, we know their ponderal uh, indices, so we know how fat they were, where they were born. And we could ask the question, if women who differ in their size at birth, differ later on when they are adults, so about 30 years later, in levels of reproductive hormones, if they differ in ovarian function. And turns out that they do. Uh, here we are looking at three groups of women uh, depending on their size at birth. And we are looking at average estradiol profiles. So estradiol or estrogen is basically um, the, same, uh, the same hormone. So uh, here we see that women who were born as a relatively skinny babies, this uh, yellow bar, have lower levels of estradiols when they are uh, adults than women who were born as relatively fat babies. Women, uh, this is this bar that's uh, dark orange. So size at birth is important for estradiol in adult women. So now, what if we put this information together? So we know that size at birth is important. We know that physical activity in adults is important. So what's the interactive effect of on estradiol levels of those two things that are happening at two different environments, two different life stages. So we are looking at fetal environment and adult environment together, and we are asking how those two things affect ovarian function. And this is, this is quite interesting, in fact, uh, what we observe here. So here we are looking at women who have low physical activity. And turns out that for such women, size at birth is really not important at all when it comes to levels of estradiol that they have as adults. Doesn't matter. When we look at women who have high physical activity, size at birth is also not important. But we, when we look at women who have moderate physical activity, 
And moderate physical activity is sort of the, the amount of activity that women do when they are trying to be physically active, when they are trying to be healthy. So this is sort of important group of women. And uh, when we look at, at those women who have this moderate levels of physical activity, it turns out that women who were born as skinny babies have much lower levels of estradiol than women who were born as large fat babies. So putting all this together, so we really understand what's going on. So uh, green bars are women who have low physical activity and either small or large size at birth. We see that they have high levels of estradiol. It does not surprise us because they are not doing anything in order to lower estradiol levels. Yes. Uh, women with high physical activity are women who have uh, those, uh, those are red bars. And we see that in those women, estradiol levels are suppressed. However, they are suppressed to the same amount in women who were born as skinny babies or fat babies. Doesn't matter. In women who have moderate physical activity, uh, yellow bars, we see that if women were born as a small babies, then moderate physical activity is enough to suppress levels of estradiol. But in women who were born as large babies, moderate physical activity is not enough. So for those women who were born as uh, large babies, they need high levels of physical activity in order to suppress estradiol levels. So we don't really know how much physical activity a woman needs in order to reduce levels of hormones because that depends on her own fetal developmental conditions. And the question is, why do we care about all that? Well, we care because levels of those two female reproductive hormones, estrogens and progesterone, are really, really crucial for many aspects of health. In fact, it's good to have high levels because high levels of those two hormones are beneficial for fertility, are beneficial for cardiovascular health, strong bones, and psychological well-being. So it's good to have a lot of those hormones. When we think about recreational exercise, and I'm not talking about professional sports, this is a different story, but recreational exercise uh, is exercise that is going to reduce fertility. If woman is physically active, her fertility is going to be reduced. However, the suppressive effect of exercise is reversible. Uh, recreational exercise, of course, is going to affect cardiovascular health, strong bones, and psychological well-being. And for all those aspects of health, in fact, high estradiol levels are beneficial. But still, the benefits of exercise outweigh the reduced levels of hormones. So uh, still, exercise is beneficial even though uh, levels of hormones are reduced. There is one more uh, aspect of health uh, for which physical activity is really, really crucial. It's breast cancer. Uh, this beautiful young uh, lady, uh, I'm showing you her painting here because uh, in a medical journal several years ago, there was a paper that argued that she had breast cancer. We don't know that for sure and we will never know. However, 
we know very well that physical activity reduces risk of breast cancer. We are aware of the mechanism. Uh, why is that? So physical activity reduces risk of breast cancer via reduction in ovarian hormone levels. It also reduces insulin levels, insulin growth factors, and inflammation. So risk of breast cancer in women in general increases due to the access of metabolic energy. Women just have too much energy and also due to high lifetime levels of sex hormones. And of course, we saw that those two things are connected. The more energy women have, the higher levels of uh, hormones. So if high lifetime levels of sex hormones increase the risk of breast cancer, uh, we could guess that in order to reduce the risk of breast cancer, uh, we should reduce lifetime levels of estrogen and progesterone in women. Yes, that would be uh, our guess based on the fact that uh, there is this connection. But in order to understand what's going on, we also need to ask the question why women have high lifetime levels of estrogen and progesterone. And uh, there are two main reasons for that. One is that women today have many menstrual cycles. In fact, it is estimated that modern women have at least four times as many cycles during their lives as women uh, from uh, traditional societies. Why do they have so many cycles? Well, women mature early. Women have later menopause than it was a long time ago. Uh, women don't have many children. And women are not breastfeeding for a long time. And those all reasons that there are many cycles during lifetime. But the second reason is also that women not only have many cycles, but they have cycles with high levels of hormones. And they have cycles with high levels of hormones because they have too much energy. And one way of reducing this access of energy is, of course, through physical activity. So physical activity is beneficial for health of women. It's beneficial because it directly reduces levels of breast cancer. So the mechanism is mostly through reduction in levels of ovarian hormones. Physical activity also reduces risk of many other diseases. And here it does that despite the reduction in levels of reproductive hormones that are in general very beneficial for many aspects of health. And physical activity also reduces a chance of pregnancy. So someone may worry uh, that exercise will have this kind of effect, but this is reversible. So it's enough to stop uh, being physically active and levels of reproductive hormones return to normal. So if you are interested in this topic and would like to know more, uh, there are two recommended readings that I would like to um, tell you about. So one short, it's uh, a paper from Lancet, which is about reproduction and health and evolutionary perspective on that topic. And another longer one uh, is a book uh, in which I discuss hormones and exercise and physical activity and uh, cancer and uh, many other uh, aspects of women's uh, physiology and health. 
and thank you very much for your attention. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.